congregation. Join hands with somebody today. Just a form of unity. Amen. Father, I pray over this congregation today. I thank you that there is no division among us. I thank you that where there is unity, you command the blessing. And we thank you today that we're in a place of blessing. That we're in a place that you can touch us. You can change our lives. That you can transform us. And so we're thankful for that today. And we ask you as we stand in your presence this morning under worship and through the word that you will reveal your glory and show your power strong and mighty to us, your people today. God, if there is one that doesn't know you as Savior, let them know the grace that flows to them. God, if one is discouraged, we speak encouragement and life into their situation today. That that looks dead and dormant, we command to come to life and live in the name of Jesus. We thank you that this is the day of our victory, and we give you praise and thanks for it in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him the ovation of the morning. Look at your neighbor before you're seated. Tell him you're looking better already. Amen. You may feel like you're lying, but you might be half to prophesy. But look at somebody else. Tell him you're looking better already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord on today, right? Praise God. And uh, you, I want to start a series this morning, a new series. We've just finished our epic series last Sunday, and it was epic. We Lives were changed. People have uh, had healing in their bodies, and God's moved in situations and circumstances have turned around, and we are thankful for that. Amen? Praise God. Uh, today, I want to, yeah, go ahead and give him praise. I want to start this new series on uncaged Christianity. Uncaged Christianity. Sometimes we get caged up and we just need to be turned loose. Amen. Praise God. And so we're going to talk about that today, next week, maybe the week after. Uh, but anyways, we'll be talking about it today, Wednesday, next week see where God leads us from there. Uh, but I, I want to say while uh, we're talking about uncaged Christianity, we've got our missionaries back from the Dominic uh, here today, and they have uh, seen hundreds of people saved there. Amen. able to be a part of the uh, national crusade that was televised uh, there uh, live around that nation. And uh, only God knows the people that were there that gave their heart and life to Christ. Uh, but we celebrate uh, the new kingdom of God being advanced, amen, in the Dominican Republic. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 
I don't know, but I just feel like it's going to be advanced here today. Amen. Lives are going to be changed. Somebody's going to be helped before we get up out of here today. Does anybody else sense the presence of the Lord here this morning? Amen. Praise God. Uncaged Christianity. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I want to read the first six verses there. 1 Samuel 14. And starting in verse 1, it says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to his young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison. That is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree, which is in uh, Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. And they had also the brother of Ichabod, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing the ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison. There was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. The name of the one was uh, Bozen and the name of the other, Sini. The front of the one faced northward opposite Michmesh, and the other southward opposed Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord for saving by many or by few. Amen. I want to focus on that verse 6 this morning. Come let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be. It may be. Not sure, but it may be. Could be. That the Lord will work for us. And he said, nothing shall restrain the Lord by for saving by many or by few. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning in this first uh, message of uncaged Christianity on the thought, stepping out on a maybe. Stepping out on a maybe. Have you ever done anything in your life you just weren't sure was going to work? You just knew that you, where you were, wasn't working? You just knew that what you were doing just wasn't getting it, and you said, maybe this will work. I know some are so spiritual that God shows up every morning and gives them step-by-step directions every day, and there isn't no chance that it can go wrong. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to some real folks today. Come on, somebody. This is what many people would like for you to believe, that when you become a Christian, suddenly 
that you've got all everything figured out. God shows up with every answer. There's no way that you can fail, but that's against the Bible. The Bible says that Christianity is a faith walk. That means you don't know for sure how you're going to do everything. You just know God is in control of everything. And you know some way and somehow God is going to get you to where he wants you to be. Amen. We, we, uh, we act, can act like that, you know, we've got it all together. And that's the reason why that folk on the outside look at us and look like we just stepped off of the mothership. Because they can't relate to us. Because we, we say, well, all of this is the way that we do it. And, and God has everything in control. And, and uh, yes, he does. But how many real Christians do I have here this morning that says uh, that every once in a while I've just got to step out on my maybe? I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know for sure that this is going to work. Amen. But I'm just going to step out on this and believe God to do something supernatural in my life. Come on and give him praise this morning. What is faith? The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. I don't see it, but I'm hoping for it. I'm believing for it. Amen. When it all boils down, what it means is, faith is, I'm stepping out on a maybe. Do you know how to spell faith? It's R-I-S-K. I know, you don't think I know how to spell, but I know how to spell faith, baby. R-I-S-K. It's a risk. But it isn't just a crazy risk. It isn't just something off of the cuff. It's not something that hasn't been tested, proved, or tried before. We just don't know how God is going to do it. But we take that risk knowing that God is for us. Amen. In our text, Saul is king and things are rough. In fact, it is in a time that they would not even allow a blacksmith in all of Israel to operate because blacksmiths made swords. And there were only two people in all of Israel that were allowed to have a sword during this time. And that was King Saul and Jonathan. Saul's forces were down to 600 men and they were afraid. Fear had filled Saul's heart also. He was afraid for his own life. The Philistines were in the mountains. Israel was in the valley. And Israel had found themselves in a low place dealing with a superior force in a higher place or a higher elevation than what they were. Now, you don't have to be a military strategist to understand that this is a recipe for defeat. You have a stronger enemy in a higher elevation, a better position than what you are in. And now we see that at this position, with this kind of power, there seems like there is no way out. Have you ever been there? 
Have you ever been where you're facing an enemy that felt like it was stronger than you? That the situation that you were dealt in life, that you was positioned in, was that the enemy had a greater advantage than what you had, and you were struggling just to hold on and say, God, you've got to help me some way and somehow. Have you ever been in a struggle where it felt like that you, the greater was against you and you yourself were the lesser? Here are 600 soldiers facing thousands of Philistines and they don't even have a sword. That'll make your day, won't it? There isn't anybody in all of Israel that that is facing these enemies. Not only is there 600 only left, and the reason that there are only 600 left is because everyone else realizes we're up against odds here. We are an enemy that is about ready to take us out. And the scripture, when you read this story, they begin to flee. They begin to run. They begin to hide. And they hid in the caves. They went back home. They went to their different places. And there was only 600 people left. And those 600 didn't even have a weapon to fight with. Everyone is overwhelmed, including Saul. And that's when something began to stir in Jonathan's heart. That's when Jonathan began to see in verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of the Philistines. It may be, it may be that the Lord will work for us. It may be. Jonathan surveyed the situation and he decided that he would step out on a maybe. He didn't have a guarantee He didn't have a promise. He didn't have a, yes, if you'll do this, I'll do this from God. He just had a maybe that said that the place I'm in, I'm frustrated with. And therefore, just maybe God will help me if I'll do something different. Have you ever thought whenever where you're at isn't working, just maybe, if you would just do something different, God would put his blessing on it. I'm preaching better than you letting on today. Amen. Just maybe God will do something different. Einstein said that uh, the definition of a fool is to continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. I ain't calling nobody a fool. I'm just saying. Amen. Just maybe if you would do something different, if it's not working the way you're doing it. Amen. He, Jonathan looks at his life and he decides maybe. He looks at his life and he said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I refuse to be held down under the thumb of this Philistine army any longer. I know one thing, what I'm doing right now isn't working. I know one thing, what we have been trying to do, all we're doing is losing people every day. Daddy has to wake up and start counting the people and see who's scattered and who's left and how many do we have today. 
day, he sees all of this and he says, this ain't working, baby. And just maybe if I'll get up out of here and go on over to the enemy's camp, God will help me. He will give me some strength. He'll give me some help. But something's got to turn around. Amen. Have you ever been a place in your life where you just said something's got to give? Something's got to turn around. Something's got to cut loose. Something's got to shift. Something has to go because this isn't working for me anymore. Amen. If you've ever gone through anything of great, or going to ever do anything of great value, there has to come a time in your life when you step out on a maybe. It didn't matter who was for him or against him. It didn't matter how great the forces were against him. At that moment, Jonathan come to an understanding as long as God is with me. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if by many or by few. In other words, daddy, you can wake up and count them if you want to. But all I need to know is God with me. All I need to know is God on my side. Because if God be for me, it doesn't matter who is against me. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me. Hallelujah. Now, it'll make your flesh feel good if you have your enemy outnumbered. It'll make your flesh feel good and your mind, your psychic will say, hey, we've got a chance here because we've got as many as they do or we can overcome them. But I want to tell you the truth of this story is if God is on your side, it doesn't matter how many by few or by many, God is more than able to bring you out. Hallelujah. Oh, come on and praise him, somebody. God doesn't need a bigger army. God doesn't need the best location. He just needs somebody that'll step out on a maybe. Jonathan got a revelation of God that showed him that God doesn't save by many or by few He came to a realization that nothing can restrain God. Restrain means to limit or to hinder. And he said, I understand there isn't nothing that can limit my God. There isn't nothing that can hinder God from doing what he said he was going to do in my life. Come on. Amen. I'm thankful today for that understanding. Amen. That you can't limit God. You can't put him in a box. You can't say, God, this is all you can do. This is far as you can go. You are limited to this space, this time, this ability. No, God is greater than your space. He is greater than your time. He is greater than your location. All you need to know is that God is on your side. It isn't what you wore here. It's not what you drove up in. It's not the zip code you're living in. It's it's God for you. It's God with you. Because I tell you what, you can come out of the slums and rode a bus or even walked here today and have rags on. But if God is on your side, just keep on watching, baby, because I'm going to the top. I said I am going to the top. Why? Because God is with me. 
Just get this revelation and understand nothing can limit God from doing what he said he was going to do. Nothing can hinder God from fulfilling his word over your life. With God on your side, it doesn't matter who is against you. You don't know what the end looks like, but you're just going to step out on a maybe and trust God that he cannot fail. Amen? Now listen to this. Get this. You will either live your life based on your situation or your revelation. You will either live your life based on the situation that you're dealing with, what life has dealt you. How many know life doesn't always deal you the best cards? Come on. It doesn't always deal you the best situation. And you can determine that you're going to live in that situation or you can decide to live by your revelation. And I want to tell you that when you decide, when you make a decision based on what you're facing, what you're dealing with, or you can make decisions based upon the revelation of your situation, that God is greater than every situation. That God is greater than every circumstance. All I need is a revelation that God is bigger than my problem. I need a revelation that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I'm able to ask or even think. I need a revelation that he has made me the head and not the tail. He has made me more than a conqueror through him that loved me. And when I get that revelation down on the inside of me, my situation can no longer hold me down. Hallelujah. Jonathan got fed up with his situation before he got a revelation. Until you get fed up with your situation, you'll never get a revelation. I just said something right there. Amen. You crying about it. You singing woe songs about it. Ain't going to change it. Me feeling bad about you feeling bad ain't going to make nobody feel any better. Huh? Huh? You got to get a revelation. And until you get fed up with your situation, you'll never get a revelation. Jonathan had to deal with the fact that he was out man, he was outnumbered, he was in a bad place, but he made up his mind that I'm not going to live another day under the thumb of this enemy. Jehovah is my God and I'm going to put my faith in him and maybe he'll open a door. Maybe he'll he'll send some help. Maybe he'll show me some favor. Maybe he'll turn this thing around. He said, I don't know what is going to happen, but one thing I do know, I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to step out on this maybe and believe God to do something supernatural in my life. In hard times, if you're not careful, we will begin to think that our situation is bigger than God. We'll think, how can I overcome this thing? How can this circumstance is so great? This situation is so overwhelming. How can I? It's too big. 
Jonathan is and his armor bearer, they decide to confront their enemies. You will never control what you refuse to confront. You can cry about it, you can complain about it, but you will never control it until you confront it. I'm talking about your bad behavior. I don't like it. I I don't like the way I act. Then confront it. Amen. I'm talking about your attitude. Quiet up in here now. Well, I just can't help it. I'm German. Yeah, so what? I can't help it. Granddaddy acted this way. You are never going to get a revelation until you get tired of that ugly situation. And when you do, you'll get a revelation on how to confront that situation that will change your life. Those destructive cycles in your life that keep on putting you back in the same place every six months that you promised yourself, I'm never going to be found here again. Only six months later to find yourself right back at the same place you hate so much in your own life. You got to confront it. Those destructive cycles, those family issues, those addictions and habits that are unpleasing to you, let alone God, you've got to confront them. Jonathan sneaks up out of the camp and doesn't even tell his own daddy. There's something to be said about this because you can't share your plans with everybody. You can't share your dreams with just everyone because some people are dream killers. Some people won't just live to rain on your parade. Amen. They, they, it's not that they just don't want to encourage you. It's that they will drain the very life out of you to, of ever hoping or having faith, amen, to step out on a maybe. To believe that this is what God has placed in my heart. Some people are more comfortable with being down than they are stepping out. They, they learn how to live under the thumb of the enemy and get comfortable doing so. They learn how to live in lack. They learn how to live in doubt and in frustration. And all of those things become normalcy in their life. But I'm, I want to talk to somebody today that's just tired of going around the same old circle. I, I want to talk to somebody today that's just got frustrated and fed up with the place that you are. And be like Jonathan and say, it's time for me to step out on a maybe and get a revelation of what God is really wanting to do in my life. Amen. Joseph is a great example. His own family couldn't handle what God was showing him. Amen. Now, granted, he probably didn't deal with it the best. 
I mean, you know, after a while, you have to kind of think that he was a little ag- ag- uh, ag- agitating. I got it. It was stuck there, but I pulled it out. He was agitating his brothers just a little bit. Because he woke up and he said, I want to tell you, he said, guess what? I dreamed last night, boys. What'd you dream, Joseph? I dreamed that you was bowing down to me. He, he. And the Bible says, you read the story and it says they hated him the more. And then if that wasn't bad enough, he wakes up the next morning and he says, guess what I dreamed? What'd you dream, Joseph? Oh, it was more grandiose than last night. I dreamed that the the sun and the stars and even mom and daddy were bowing down to me. At about that time, his daddy said, I shouldn't have never made him that coat. (laughs) And the Bible says this. It said they hated him even the more. It didn't say it one or eight. They, they, he hated him even the more. Six times it says, how much can you hate somebody? It wasn't that they hated him because he had a dream. They hated him because they did not have a dream. You see, people don't hate you because you have a dream. They hate you because they themselves can't see themselves going anywhere. Because they haven't got fed up with where they are yet. Amen. But when you get fed up with where you are, revelation will come to your situation and say, I'm about to get up out of this thing and do something for real. Hallelujah. Amen. Jonathan's armor bearer is with him. His armor bearer doesn't even have a sword. In those days, you didn't get a sword until you carried someone else's armor. It's amazing to me how many people want a sword today, but they don't want to serve. Give me a title. Give me a position. Without ever being proven. I wouldn't give a child a gun just because they wanted one. And giving somebody a sword without first serving can be dangerous because they don't know what to cut and what to leave alone. I'm preaching better than you letting on. You got to understand that to, to be able to yield a sword, you've got to first learn how to serve. It's in the serving that the anointing comes in your life to be able to yield the sheep, the sword, to be able to use it properly. It is when Jonathan's armor bearer would serve him that he was able to use the sword properly at the time would come for him to have a sword. And I want to say today that many times in this modern day church, people want titles and they want positions. But can I tell you, you can do a thing without a title. You don't get a title because you want to do something. You get a title because of what you're already doing. We get positioned, not so we can say, looky here, I'm Mr. Big Man. We get, we get positioned because it, it fulfills and tells, is the description of what we're already doing. 
I'm pastoring just a little bit. You got to have a heart that says, I'm willing to serve so that I can make somebody else's dream come to pass because I've got a dream of my own. And I want the anointing that's upon Joseph to be upon my life. And so therefore, I'm going to make sure that Joseph's dream becomes reality because I know in serving, that same anointing will come upon me. Amen. And so here we look and we see that Jonathan's armor bearer understood this principle. And he said, Jonathan's not the only one with a dream. He's not the only one with a revelation. But I'm today, I am sent to help his revelation come to pass. Amen. And so we look and we see, if you want to find out someone's real heart, watch how they serve. If they can't serve... They'll never protect. And if you're too big to do the little thing, then you're too little to be in the big thing. We need armor bearers in the church again. I said we need servants in the church. Amen. To serve, to guard, and to protect the integrity and the blessing and the favor of God. Amen. First Samuel 14 and 7, it says, So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Amen. I'm looking for someone who will knit their heart to my heart. I'm looking for people that will look for people that will be companions, not only in the time of blessing, but in the time of battle. Amen. That don't wear fear, uh, you know, have fair weather friends. I've got enough of those. But we need some folks in the kingdom of God that understand, amen, that they're with me when I'm high and they're with me when I'm low. Amen. They're with me whenever you love the message and you're with me when you sleep through it. Come on. Amen. People that are with you in whenever things are good and people were with you when things are bad. And that's where Jonathan's servant was. He said, nobody else may go with you, but I'll go with you, Jonathan. Let's go over there and just whatever is in your heart, let's do what's in your heart. That's the kind of friends you need in times of trouble. That's the kind of friends you need when circumstances are against you and the enemy's got you outnumbered and they got a better strategic place, a plan in place. But if you've got somebody that's with you, why? One shall chase a thousand, but two shall put... And if you can just get somebody to agree with you in your situation. I don't need everybody. I just need somebody that will agree with the word of the Lord over your life. Praise God. And when you get that relationship, that real relationship in your life, you can do what God said you were going to do. How many are looking for someone who will fight with you? How many are looking for real relationships? Verse 14. It said that Jonathan was between the passes. I could preach all day right there. Have you ever been between the passes? Started out, but you ain't got there yet. 
by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison. Garrison means a, a group of military force. They're camped there. That's what a garrison is. And there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Boaz and the name of the other, Shanim. Jonathan is required to deal with these mountains in order to go to where God said he needed to go. Amen. God wants you to go where he's got in mind for you to go. But in order for you to do it, you're going to have to do some climbing. The first mountain is Boaz. I had him look this up for me before service. And I still can't pronounce it. But I can tell you the definition. It means surpassing white and glistening. This mountain was like a limestone. And every time that the sun would hit it, it would start giving off this surpassing white. It would give off this glistening that would cause the sun and the mountain would be so bright that Jonathan would not be able to see. The reflection may have been so bright that Jonathan couldn't see where he was going. He had to feel his way through where he was going. Have you ever been in a place where you couldn't see where you were going? You just had to feel your way through. It just felt like the right thing. Amen? If you would have went on what you saw, you would have given up. If you'd have went on what you saw, you would have walked out on that marriage. If you would have went on what you saw, you would have gave up on God. But sometimes you've just got to go on what you feel. Amen. You can't see your way through, but God, you know, God is working for you and you feel like everything is going to be all right. You feel like you can't, that unexplainable feeling that you have. Amen. What you're feeling isn't matching what you're seeing. But if I, I, if I feel like God is going to give me a breakthrough, I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. I just feel like God's about to turn things around. I just feel like he's about to open a door. I just feel like that this thing is going to change. And the reason that we must understand this is we walk by faith and not by sight. Jonathan was not blinded by the darkness. He was blinded by the light. Just make sure you don't go blind in the bright place. Some people, when you go up a little, they'll go blind by the light. Get a little position, get a little title, get a little further up, and we go blind by the light. But I want to tell you that the higher you climb, the hotter it gets. When the sun comes out, when the light spotlight comes on, come on, that spotlight with the light comes the heat. And it may look like, and it may be appealing, but with the light comes the heat, 
And you've got to learn how to deal with the brightness of the light. You've got to learn how to deal with the heat in life. Because when God takes you higher, get ready because it's also going to get hotter. I don't want to discourage you, but I must warn you. Amen. When you make up your mind that you're not going to stay at status quo any longer. Amen. And you, you pull ahead of the pack and you start leading the pack. The spotlight is going to come on you. When you are the first one that steps out and says, I'm going to be a Christian in this family if nobody else does. Amen. The spotlight's going to come on you. Amen. Whenever you say, I'm going to, I'm tired of where I'm at. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of the The light is going to come on you, but the heat is going to come with it. Don't be surprised when folks start talking about you that said they loved you. Folks that said I'm with you today and hating on you tomorrow. It ain't all about you. It's about you broke the tradition. You broke the law. You broke that law of conformity. You broke the law that says you've just got to stay in your little box and everything will be all right. Amen. But I want to tell you today that when you raise up, you don't allow the heat to stop you from going to where God has called you. Do I have anybody in here today that's willing to deal with the heat? Willing to deal with the brightness of the sun just to get to where God has called you to go. Jonathan is dealing with the heat. He's dealing with the high. And he's dealing with the hidden. Until you deal with these things, you will never have victory in your life. You've got to deal with the height. You've got to deal with the heat. But you've also got to deal with the hidden. Those things in your life, those enemies in your life that are like frogs in a pond. That hide themselves for a season only to pop up again. But you've got to deal with them things. The brightness of the light caused it difficult for Jonathan to get where he was planning on going. Mountain number two was Sina. Definition means thorny or sharp. The rock must have been sharp like razors, thorny and painful to climb. This speaks to us about the painful place in our lives. Every step that takes you closer to where you're going also brings pain in your life, brings pain to your flesh. In order for you to go higher in the things of God, you've always got to bring hurt or harm to the flesh. Climb up this mountain requires that you do something your flesh doesn't want to do. You must be required to show grace. Required to keep your mouth shut. Required to forgive. Huh? I'm talking about crucifying the flesh. I'm not talking about this cutting people are doing today. Cutting themselves and trying to release pain. Jesus already cut himself for you so you don't have to cut yourself. 
I'm talking about your actions, your flesh, your carnal man has to be cut away, has to be torn away. But when you come to the place where you would rather deal with the pain and of climbing up and deal with the pain of staying where you are, if you are not, if you aren't uh, tired of being where you are, if you're not tired of the pain of where you are in life, then you will never deal with the pain to go to the next level. Amen. But when you say the pain of climbing is less than the pain of staying where I am, it's the moment that you will make up in your mind that I am going to step out on my maybe and I'm going to go to where God has ordained for me to be. Amen. At some point in this mountain, you will realize it's just as painful to go down the mountain as it is to climb up the mountain. So if you're going to have to deal with pain, why don't you just go on and go to the top of it, baby. Why don't you, if you're going to have to deal with pain, if you're going to have to have a cutting and a hurting, why don't you just go to where God is calling you to go and say, I'm willing, I'm ready, and I'm going to the top of the mountain with the grace of God. Oh, come on and praise him here this morning. Understand this mountain has a purpose in your life because every step you take, you're leaving some flesh behind. You're leaving an attitude behind. You're leaving a mindset behind. The higher you climb with God, the more flesh is being cut away. John said it like this, I must decrease so that he will increase. Notice the way that he said it. If there is not a decreasing in your life, he will never increase in your life. And so I've got to have this flesh cut away, these attitudes, these mindsets. And there is a trail of flesh that is being left behind me on this thorny mountain, on this sharp-edged mountain. The, my flesh is decreasing, but the strength of God is increasing in my life. And I'm just feeling like this maybe is turning into a good possibility. Amen. Because God is calling me and he is speaking into my life and there's strength coming up on the inside of me. And what I just started at the bottom of the mountain with a maybe on, I'm starting to believe God's strength is getting stronger in me. There's a hope that is rising on the inside. I have died and Christ is now alive. And I know the hope of glory is living on the inside of my life. Oh, come on and praise him up in here. Amen. I'm looking for some people today that's ready to cut away the flesh. I'm looking for some people today that's ready to leave their flesh on the rock and say what I've been doing isn't working, but I'm ready to step out on a maybe. I'm ready to climb up this mountain. Amen. It may tear my flesh away. It may cause me to decrease, but what I've been doing isn't working and I need God's strength to rise in me. God help me to decrease that you might increase and allow me to climb to the top of this mountain that you will reveal your glory in my life. Hallelujah. People don't understand you because they look at you and you, you're looking good. But they don't know what you had to go through to get to where you are. Isn't it a mess when people start judging your praise? It don't take all that 
They just, they just want to make a show. They just want to show off. They just trying to perform. They just, I'll oh, shut up. You don't know the pain that caused that praise. People that ain't never been through anything, Pastor Jimmy, don't know how to praise. You show me somebody that knows how to worship God and I'll show you somebody that's been through a mountain of thorns and thistles and sharp edges and pain has come into their life. I'll show you somebody that'll praise God with tears streaming down their face and say, I don't understand this, God. But I still, maybe, I, I'm, I'm just believing you that you're God of my situation. Folks look around and criticize and judge and condemn others because they don't know what they have been through. But what I've learned is this. People that will sit back and judge you themselves are not willing to climb the mountain of thorns and sharp edges and thistles themselves. So their opinion don't count. This is what, this will free you if you get a hold of this. This is what frees me. People that are not connected to my destiny, their, their opinion don't count. If you're not connected to my destiny, if you're not connected to where I'm going, then you, you have a right to your opinion. It just don't matter to me. Because I'm climbing up this mountain. I'm going somewhere. Amen. I hear something in the spirit. It's not what I see in the flesh. It's not what I'm feeling because the pain of my situation, it, it's overwhelming. It looks like it's got the best of me. But I hear something in the spirit that says maybe if you can just get one foot more up the mountain, maybe if you just grab one more time, yes, it'll be painful. Yes, it'll be hurtful. But I'm telling you today, the enemy can only is a short scrimmage enemy and he can throw his best shot at you. But I'm telling Telling you darkness can only endure for a night, but joy will come up in your morning. Amen. The devil can't stop the sun from shining again. The enemy can't hinder the power of God and the promise of God from coming to pass in your life. What God has promised you, he will bring to pass. So don't allow the present pain to stop you from your future revelation because God is wanting to bring you into a fresh touch of his power and his presence today. I'm still climbing. I'm hurting, but I'm still climbing. I'm cut, but I'm still climbing. There's a trail of flesh behind me, but I'm still climbing. Hurting, but climbing. Confused, but climbing. Don't see nothing, but I'm still climbing. Because just maybe, <laughs> maybe my next prayer is going to turn this thing around. Maybe when the sun comes up in the morning, Things will have shifted. And I'll be where God's called me to be. 
Jonathan got up. He got one man to agree with him. He didn't even tell his daddy that he was going. His daddy wakes up in the morning and says, number the people, count them, see who we got with us. And they noticed Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. He says they were surprised. I mean, no, you'll be surprised who will stick with you and who won't. You'd be surprised when you wake up in the morning who's with you and who's left you. But it didn't stop them from climbing. They went through the bright place, the limelight, but also the heat. Sometimes you just got to ask yourself, Jake said a long time ago, can you stand to be blessed? Can you stand the limelight? Can you stand it? Can God bless you and you still be a servant? Can God bless you and still love the way you loved? Do what you've been doing, not because of wanting a title or position, but because you love people. Made it through the limelight. He made it up the mountain between the passes to this place of cutting and tearing away. The Bible said when he got over there to the garrison, when he got to the Philistines, he told his servant, he said, if they say come, he said, we know God's given us favor. We've done our part, armor bearer. We got up, we climbed this mountains. We've come over here. Now let's just see what God does. I feel like somebody's here this morning that you've done climbed up the mountains and you're in a place and you're just saying, let's see what God does. So let's see what God does, armor bearer. If they say, come up, we know God's give us favor and we've won this battle. Right? And he said, if we... They don't say, come up, we know that we've got a fight on our hands. But we're here on a maybe. The Bible said when the army seen them, that they said, come up. They went up and they destroyed their enemy with one sword. Armor bearer didn't even have a sword. Jonathan was the only one that had it. With one sword and a maybe, they went in and took out the enemy. I'm talking to some people today that's tired of your situation and ready to receive a revelation and say, we're going to step out on a maybe and believe God to bring down this enemy that has been working in my life. I'm talking to somebody today that that you're here and you're in between the passes, if you will, in your life. You haven't ever accepted Christ. You know there's something to it, but yet you have never accepted him as your Savior and your Lord. And you may not uh, understand all of the things that I've said here today, but in your heart, I felt this all morning, in your heart, there's something, you say there's something to this. God is working for me. And I'm just tired of my situation. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. I'm tired of being left out in in the dead-end street of my life. And I'm ready to step out on a maybe. Say, God, can you help me today? I promise you, if you will, he will.
I want to talk to some folks this morning that love God with all of your heart. You're bleeding, you're hurting, you're broken. Your life is a mess. You've climbed up the limelight. You've climbed through the pain and the gag, the jagged edges of life. But today you say, I'm ready for a revelation for my future. I'm fed up with my situation. And I want God to give me a revelation today. And I'm going to step out on a maybe and believe God to do something supernatural in my life today. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch every heart that is here, every life. In Jesus' name. Your head's bowed this morning. You say, Pastor Brian, I'm here this morning. And I don't know Christ as my personal Savior. I'm between the passes. I know I need change in my life. And you say, I'm ready to make that change today. If that's you, I want to see your hand this morning. I'm ready to make that change. I want God to be real in my life. Is there any this morning? Say, yes, that's me. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Is there others this morning? Say, I'm between the passes, Pastor. I need God to do something. I'm just believing him. I'm going to step out today and trust God to help me this morning. Is there another here today? Is there any others? God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. I'm ready for that change in my life. Thank you. Thank you. How many say, Pastor, I love God with all my heart, serving him the best of my ability, but I'm fed up with my situation. I really need a revelation. I need him to move in my situation. Give me a revelation that'll cause me to go to where he wants me to go. And I see your hand today. God bless you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I sense him here today. I sense him here today. Spirit of the living God, I pray for a freedom and a liberty now to respond to your word wasn't enough for you to give understanding to Jonathan he had to move so this is our act of faith here today for those who have raised their hands that their relationship they need a a relationship with you they need that life change to take place in their lives I pray for freedom to respond to the word of the Lord today Father, I pray for those who who love you and and got that relationship, but they just need a change in their situation. They need a revelation in this time. I pray now, God, that you would just let there be a freedom and a liberty to respond to your word. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You that have raised your hands, if you raised your hand for salvation or you raised your hand for direction in life, for the Holy Spirit just to give you revelation, Without hesitation, I want you to come this morning. If you don't want to come alone, ask somebody to come with you. But I promise you that God will meet you here today. Amen. We have altar workers that want to pray with you right now. Faith is in this house. Don't let anything hinder you from taking that step. Come on. Come on. We're going to pray in a moment. 